And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. On the Mojo 5.0 radio network and iHeartRadio. We're streaming on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. I love to hear from you. You can shoot me an email at rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com. You can leave me a voicemail at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Leave your questions or comments there, and we will use your call on the broadcast. I got to tell you, I, I must live in a bubble. I, I, I really sometimes I don't know what's going on. I see these Democrats going on uh, the debates and uh, promising something that is entirely irrational, and that is open borders and, and have no doubt about it. What they're arguing for is open borders. If you do away with these detention centers and you just let people come into the country and basically use ICE as um, a sort of a glorified uh, federal Uber that is down there to deliver people to wherever in the country that they want to go, if you just wave them in and close these detention centers that they're all arguing for, then you have open borders. And then at the same time they're arguing for the open borders, they want to give free health care, government-sponsored health care to illegal immigrants, and at least Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and Joaquin Castro want to give them uh, free college tuition. You think the migrant crisis is bad now with a, on a pace of about 1.6 billion or 1.6 million per year coming in. Can you imagine what that's going to be in a decade? That'll be 16 million people at the current pace. But if you think it's bad now, just imagine what it would be like if you basically just threw open the, the doors to the border like the Democrats are agitating for. And what we're witnessing here, and I've, you know, I, I'm sorry if I sound like a broken record, is a Marxist takeover of the Democrat Party where they're determined to take this country down and mold it into something more akin to uh, communist Cuba. And you've got AOC out there. Have no doubt about it. She is a committed Marxist revolutionary. She is using uh, the tactics of agitation to achieve a political end. And they've hijacked this Democrat Party. And these so-called moderates that uh, make up the balance of the Democrat Party, they're just useful idiots. They're there to provide the votes until... They can import enough of these um, these third worlders in here to uh, to have an absolute majority in the Democrat Party, and by that time it'll be too late for these moderates to figure out what's going on. And so, after telling us for months and months that there was no crisis down on the border, they've all suddenly discovered that hey. There are people flooding into the country, and it should come as no surprise to them because they're the ones that precipitated this crisis by going on the air, opposing the administration's 
attempt to secure the border, advertising that uh, that if they get here, that you've got a whole political party that's going to agitate and lobby on their behalf to get them in the country, never to be removed. And I'm going to play you this clip one more time. This is all of the talking heads and the Democrats uh, and in the media just a few months ago claiming that, uh, you know, when Trump was uh, yelling his head off, saying, you know, we've got a crisis down here, we've got to do something, and he was having, um, you know, being sued for declaring an emergency on the border and having his budget stripped out of any funding to address this crisis. These Democrats and talking heads in the media were on the TV. President Trump must stop holding the American people hostage, must stop manufacturing a crisis. This president just used the backdrop of the Oval Office to manufacture a crisis. This is a manufactured crisis. No crisis exists, and anyone making the argument is most likely guilty of fear-mongering and willfully misleading the American people. Locals will tell him on the border, even conservatives, is that there isn't a national security crisis. The notion that we have a crisis there, a security crisis, is absolute nonsense. This is a manufactured crisis, and a crisis that uh, manufactured by the Trump administration. This uh, artificial crisis of the president isn't going to justify his uh, appropriating money for a wall that Congress is unwilling to give. Is there a crisis at the border? The president said there's a humanitarian crisis at the border. Is there? Absolutely not. We have a challenge. All our humanitarian issues are challenges for us. Well, I said that that was uh, included the talking heads on the cable channels, but it was not. It was uh, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and a bunch of other these Democrat elected officials trying to uh, uh, lure you to sleep by telling you there's no crisis on the border until it reached a boiling point. Then they spun around on one hill and blamed it on Donald Trump when he was the only one in Washington, D.C., and I do mean the only one, trying to solve this crisis. And the truth of the matter is, the only real solution to this crisis, even if you were to reform our asylum laws, is to build the damn wall. The only way you can keep people out of here and make them enter the country in an orderly fashion or be denied entry is to have a wall. And the, the wall has sort of even slipped from conversation now. It's been so tied down by these Lilliputians that have resisted it at every turn, stripped it out, stripped the funding of it out of every budget, including uh, Ryan, the former speak, Republican Speaker of the House, and Mitch McConnell has allowed it to happen as well, hasn't fought for this wall. It is truly the only, in the long run, solution to this problem. And you got this idiot, Jim Acosta, running around, the whole time on CNN, actively engaged in misinformation, misinforming the American people, talks about freedom of the press, freedom of disinformation, freedom of fake news. That's what Jim Acosta and CNN traffic in. And I'm honored by it. Yes, Jim Acosta. 
Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Uh, I, I wonder if you could comment on uh, this disconnect that we seem to have in this country where you are presenting information about what's happening at the border, calling it an invasion, talking about women with duct tape over their mouths and so on. And yet there's a lot of reporting out there. There's a lot of crime data out there. There's a lot of uh, Department of Homeland Security data out there that shows border crossings at a near record low. Uh, that shows us, but it's un- still, undocumented it's, immigrants. Border crossings are near record low, he says. You remember when he went down to the the section of border wall in McCallum, Texas, and was saying, he's, he's walking with the border wall in the background saying, there's no crisis here. Nobody's crossing the border here. Yeah, that there, nobody's crossing the border there, you dope. There's a wall there. They don't try to cross the border where there's a wall. But CNN is not alone in this. Our own Fox News, supposed to be the outlet that uh, conservatives can turn to, has got Shep Smith on in the middle of the day putting out one hour of pure disinformation, and he's been doing it ever since Trump came into office. Tomorrow, the migrants, according to Fox News reporting, are more than two months away, if any of them actually come here. But tomorrow is one week before the midterm election, which is what all of this is about. There is no invasion. No one's coming to get you. There's nothing at all to worry about. Nothing at all to worry about. 1.6 billion people, million, I keep saying billion, 1.6 million people walking into your country every year. You don't know who they are, what they're here for, if they've got a criminal or terrorist background. You don't know if they're, you don't have the time or resources to screen them for health uh, issues. We're absolutely swamped. Jim Acosta's uh, saying that the president's just ginning it up for political uh, purposes. Yeah, the president's making his point to try to win the election because that is how this country is run. The way you solve problems is you win elections. And because the Republicans lost the House of Representatives, now this problem is even uh, harder to fix and worse Thanks in no small part to Shep Smith and Fox News for putting him on the air. So while this was going on, the Republicans, no fewer than 17 times, introduced bills in the House of Representatives. Now, when they, uh, to to, uh, fund these issues, now when they ran the House, oftentimes they couldn't even get enough votes among the Republican caucus, and they're damn sure not going to get any votes from the Democrats to address this crisis. But the Democrats have voted against it uh, against it again and again. And since coming to Congress at the beginning of uh, this year, AOC has consistently voted against any funds to address the humanitarian crisis at the border. And now she's going down there Acting like she's uh, amazed that there there is are unsatisfactory um, conditions when she was one of the prime instigators of making sure there would be unsatisfactory conditions right there. 
And when you've got the news media at your back, you can just make this stuff up. Ocasio-Cortez is uh, uh, concerned with one thing, winning the news cycle. She doesn't care about truth. She doesn't care about morality. She is an agitator. She's simply down there to agitate. And if she agitates so hot and heavy, then the news cycle will not have a chance to catch up to her and call her out for her lies, even if they wanted to, which they don't. She just moves on to the next lie. First, it was concentration camps. We're operating concentration camps down there. You never saw so many people trying to get into a concentration camp in your life. Then the guards were Nazis. Then she goes down there and she lies and says, oh, women were drinking out of toilets. Well, I didn't uh, actually see anybody, but they told me that they were drinking out of toilets. Then she said that the, the guards had threatened her sexually. Now, there, if, if any of this happened, there would be video of it. There is no video. None of it ever happened. It's a disinformation campaign by an American-hating Marxist that has burrowed her way into our House of Representatives. But this is really amazing to me. The Democrats think that they're going to make this a political issue and ride it to the presidency. I don't know anybody who thinks that we uh, ought to have even more lax border enforcement than what we do now and that tax, American taxpayers ought to pay for health care and tuition and housing for illegal immigrants, food stamps, all of the other things that the Democrats are offering. If this is a winning issue for them, then I'm living in a part of the country that is just a real anomaly because I don't know anybody, anybody that supports this stuff. And the Democrats are falling all over themselves, these presidential candidates trying to one-up each other on pandering to illegal aliens that can't even vote. Hell, you got Beto O'Rourke down there campaigning in Mexico. (laughs) And the mayor of, uh, I mean, the uh, governor of California, his first trip um, in office was to go down to El Salvador and announce that uh, his state is going to be offering free health care for illegal aliens. But if they think this is a winning issue, I, <laughs> I say go for it, fellas and gals. You, you go. If you think you can beat Trump by offering to solve the border crisis by doing away with border enforcement and increasing the incentives for illegals to come to this country, well, I want to I see that. And once again, the, the uh, talking heads are all over the cable channels claiming that Trump wants this, that he, he plans to benefit by it. Yeah, he wants to address the problem, and he is going to run on the issue because that is the thing that needs to be solved. Here's Philip Rucker. He's a Washington Post columnist appearing on MSNBC. 
this. I mean, this is an, an issue that the president believes is a winning issue for him politically. He believes that his tough stance on illegal immigration is what got him the presidency in the first place, is what helped him defeat uh, all those other Republican challengers in the 2016 primaries. And he believes it's what's going to win him reelection. It's why you hear him talk about it at every single rally. And his advisors say that they hope this issue stays in the headlines uh, for every day between now until election day. And so the first lady can can try to put a spotlight on the humanitarian issue, although we've not seen or heard anything from her in the last few weeks here. And Ivanka Trump can talk about what she wants to talk about. But the president believes uh, that this is how he wins reelection. Well, it is how he wins reelection. Because he's the only one trying to solve the problem. And I have to admit, he's been damn ineffectual at it. I think he could have done a better job at it. But he gets an A for effort, even if it's been ineffective effort. Because every time he uh, he really considers getting hard-nosed about it, somebody in the administration, I imagine it's Ivanka or, um, or Jared, talks him down from it. On that same show, you had Rick Tyler uh, commenting on this as well. I would say, and if I were if I were a member of Congress, I would be saying we need to release the majority of these people today. Maybe not. Maybe people who are known to be dangerous would stay in detention, but the majority of these people need to be released today because we cannot tolerate a country that we are treating people so inhumane. We need to release these people today. We need to release them today. Well, let's release them back over the border into Mexico. How's that? Can we do that? Can we release them back into Mexico? Mexico is not, uh, they're not suffering any persecution in Mexico. They talk about high crime rates from where these people come from. They're bringing that crime with them. You can guarantee that. The reason that the uh, crime is high in El Salvador is because it's populated by El Salvadorans. It's not rocket science. But instead of, uh, you know, wanting to, to increase the capacity to detain these people, to add more judges, to uh, expedite their hearings, to put more funds into being able to deport them, or hell, even deport the ones that already have deportation orders, the Democrats are playing obstructionist. They create the problem, they agitate for the problem, then they offer solution to the problems that basically destroy America. One more clip from MSNBC. This is Eddie Gould. Hear that people uh, don't have access to clothes, aren't being able to shower, are being fed bologna sandwiches. As oh my God, they're fed bologna sandwiches. Oh no. They're being fed bologna sandwiches. Oh, man, I have in my life been poor enough to where I would be have been glad to have bologna sandwiches. I've been on deployments in the U.S. military where bologna sandwiches were the standard fare. It's, it's nutrition. We've got, we've got citizens in our country that live on a lot worse than bologna sandwiches. But according to Eddie Gould, we can't have that for the migrants because it might discourage them from coming. 
See that kind of overcrowding. People sitting in standing room only places. Sitting in standing room only places. Well, yeah, they're cramped conditions because y'all have created cramped conditions. You haven't funded an increase in the bed space on purpose, and you've offered incentives to get more people to come. This is, that is, this is not only a result of incompetence, it is also a policy of cruelty, as Kareem said. It's a policy of cruelty. I'll tell you what the policy of cruelty is. It's to tell people that they can come here and then not provide any sort of uh, resources to be able to process those and turn the ones around that really don't have a legitimate claim of asylum, which is the vast, vast majority. Oh, man. It's hard to watch a country that you love rip itself apart like this. And basically what they want to do is turn the United States into uh, a Central and, and uh, Central America and Mexico. Because at some point, the traditional American nation will be outnumbered and outvoted. And we'll just be here to provide for our new uninvited guests. Fareed Zakaria was on CNN, and surprisingly, he said something that made sense. Now, he's he's one of these overeducated, uh, Ivy League-educated idiots, one of these Ivy League-educated idiots that got us into the messes that we're in that have been running our nation for the last 50 years. But even Fareed Zakaria had to acknowledge a little bit of reality on CNN. Given President Trump's mean-spirited and often bigoted attitudes on immigration... That's not the part that made sense. It pains me to say this, but he is right that the United States faces a crisis with its asylum system. Oh, well, thanks for saying the obvious Fareed. I'm surprised he was able to continue. I'm surprised he didn't get yanked off the air by old Jeff Zucker over there at CNN. Zucker must have... uh, had a heart attack when he heard this while he was in his office. It's also clear that the rules surrounding asylum are vague, lax, and being gamed. The initial step for many asylum seekers is to convince officers that they have a credible fear of persecution in their home countries, and about 75% meet that criteria. Some applicants for asylum have suspiciously similar stories using identical phrases, Many simply use the system to enter the U.S. and then melt into the shadows or gain a work permit while their application is pending. Well, that's uh, that's the truth, but it's soft-sold. The, the vast majority of them do that. They never show up for their hearings. They melt into the underground economy. They steal people's Social Security numbers. They engage in gang activity. They figure out a way to get on public housing. They go congregate in these sanctuary cities so that they can get government assistance and some of their stories sound suspiciously alike that's because they're being given scripts to read by these people traffickers that are funded by George Soros and these other left-wing organizations it's not an accident it's a coordinated campaign it's an invasion of this country Fareed Zakario continues Asylum is meant to be granted to a very small number of people in extreme circumstances, 
not as a substitute for the process of immigration itself. Yet the two have gotten mixed up. As The Atlantic's David Frum has pointed out, the idea of a right to asylum is a relatively recent one, dating to the early years of the Cold War. Guilt-ridden over the rejection of many Jewish refugees during World War II, the UN created a right of asylum to protect those who were fleeing regimes where they would be killed or imprisoned because of their identity or beliefs. This standard has gotten broader and broader over the years and now includes threats of gang warfare and domestic violence. These It's a joke. Anybody can claim asylum. All they have to do is read off a script. The United States allows more legal immigrants into our country every year than any country in the world, in the history of the world. And yet that's not enough for these people trying to bring it down. We have to bring in at least that many more illegal aliens so that we can rush the day where America is no longer America. It's something else entirely. We've got to run out to a break. We'll be back after two messages. Stick with us on Right Now with Jim Dawes. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture. From an America First Perspective. So the Department of Justice and the Trump administration has now dropped its fight to include a citizenship question on the upcoming census in 2020. Once every 10 years, we have a rare opportunity to find out uh, about the population in this country. And most certainly, we ought to know how many, con- how many people are in the country illegally. Right now, the numbers of illegal immigrants in your particular uh, state are going toward the reapportionment for congressional districts. So when you've got these sanctuary cities throughout California and New York and Illinois, many in Washington State and Oregon, that's attracting hundreds and hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants, those people are getting representation in our Congress and diluting your representation as a legal U.S. citizen. They're disenfranchising you. 
And at the very least, we ought to know how many congressional seats in the House of Representatives are as a result of illegal immigrants. Now, first of all, it's not clear at all that the Constitution requires that illegal immigrants be represented in the Congress of the United States to the detriment of legal citizens or people in the country legally, at least. There's a big legal argument around this, and uh, and Mo Brooks over in Alabama is actually pursuing a case. And the Department of Justice, by the way, under the Trump administration, I, I have no doubt he has no idea what's going on, moved to dismiss that case, the case being argued that illegal immigrants ought not to be counted toward the apportionment of representatives to the House of Representatives. And not only uh, are they counted toward apportionment, but they're also counted toward the distribution of tax funds. And if these municipalities want to uh, attract illegal immigrants... I don't feel like I ought to have to have my tax dollars diverted to provide for them and uh, and build up these sanctuary cities. They can deal with the damn problem themselves, as far as I'm concerned. But now the administration's thrown in the towel. Oh, Chief Judge, uh, Judge John Roberts decided that uh, Wilbur Ross was uh, not being honest about why he wanted this question included. Not that the administration even had to offer a justification, but he didn't believe Wilbur Ross, and so he sent it back down to the lower court. But now there's not time, according to the administration. uh, Trump had originally said that they would postpone the census in order to... um, to get this uh, question litigated, but now they've thrown in the towel. So this is another cave from the administration, another in a long line of capitulations on tariffs, on closing the border, on deportations, and now on the citizenship question. This census should never proceed until that citizenship question is firmly in place and by God illegals ought not to count for the apportionment of in the House of Representatives doing that especially on the scale that uh, the industrial scale that is being done now is disenfranchising American citizens And the Trump administration has got to follow through on something, damn it. And this week, I think it's beginning today. Oh, Robert Mueller is going to be up on Capitol Hill testifying. And if you've ever heard Robert Mueller testify, he is not a believable person at all. How he ever got this notion that he was a man of high integrity and impeccable credentials and ethics just blows my mind. He's got a, a long history of of um, prosecutorial misconduct. 
and the Whitey Bulger case, he put four men in jail in the Boston um, when he was a federal attorney in Boston who he knew were innocent. He put them in jail for committing murders that uh, Whitey Bulger committed. One of them died in jail before the other three were released. He hounded um, a federal worker, accused him of anthrax. Turned out he he wasn't guilty, and yet he, he uh, Mueller and the feds went after him so hard he ended up committing suicide. Mueller was up there in the run up to the Iraq War, parroting the lies from the intelligence community about weapons of mass destruction. And the very fact that he took the case, invest, uh, the Russiagate case, shows that he has no ethics because he was investigating whether the firing of James Comey constituted obstruction of justice when James Comey was his mentee. <laughs> Mueller was his mentor. So he's going to get up there and he's going to spin. And, you know, Trump has given him a lot to, to you know, try to get uh, get even for. And he's going to take this opportunity to do it. And Trump, for his part, is going to conduct a, a campaign rally in North Carolina on the same day. And I hope that at this rally he takes this Russiagate thing on directly. And I hope... While this joint committee of the House and and uh, Judiciary and Intelligence Committees has Mueller up there testifying that Jim Jordan and uh, and Meadows and Devin Nunes and these other Republicans ask him some hard questions. Mueller went on this uh, this press conference that was supposed to be his last word on the issue. And, uh, and basically just smeared the president and thought he was going to ride off into the sunset. Well, now that uh, the Democrats have insisted that he come testify in, a, in an attempt to try to further smear Donald Trump with innuendo and misinformation, I want some hard questions answered, like, why didn't you ever examine the DNC servers to determine whether or not they had been, in fact, by, um, uh, hacked by the Russians? If those DNC servers were not hacked by the Russians, this whole thing is a sham. Because the only other thing you've got left is this minuscule Facebook and Twitter campaign that was run out of Russia, supposedly by their intelligence agencies, but we don't know that. What we do know is the amount of money spent on Facebook and Twitter was minuscule, about $100,000. And all of that wasn't even dedicated to uh, uh, pro-Trump messages. About a quarter of the money was pro-Trump. About a quarter of the money was anti-Trump. About a quarter of it was pro-Hillary. And about a quarter of it was anti-Hillary. And let me tell you something else. Political campaigns pay these troll farms to sow disinformation and engage in dirty political tricks on social media not only that but interested parties who want to see one uh, one side of a campaign win they will pay these troll farms to engage in this so we don't know for a fact that it was Vladimir Putin of the Kremlin that was paying this troll farm 
But if you don't look at the DNC servers, how can you say that the whole that Russia interfered in the election? And why, I would ask, did the Mueller investigation show absolutely no interest in who murdered Seth Rich? That would seem to be a a relevant topic to me. You had about a hundred and no, no, you've had two hundred thousand dollar reward out there on the streets ever since Seth Rich was murdered, and we're supposed to be, believe that this was just a botched mugging. But that these hood rats that uh, supposedly committed it haven't bragged to any of their friends, have kept it a closely held secret. And that nobody has dropped a dime in order to collect on this $200,000 reward. I'm not buying it. I'd like to ask Mueller, why didn't you look into the sources of the bogus dossier? Why didn't you determine whether that was part of the Russian interference campaign? Were you not interested in whether or not this foreign agent, Christopher Steele, who was working for Hillary Clinton in the DNC... We're getting disinformation from Russian intel sources in order to inject it into our political system. Did that not interest you whatsoever? You say Julian Assange was working with the Russians. Well, why didn't you go to the Ecuadorian embassy in London and interview Julian Assange? He was there, basically a captive. All you had to do was go sit down with him. Why was Joseph Mifsud's motivations and who he was working for not more of an interest in your report? There are so many questions to ask. And I just hope that um, Mueller is not allowed to decide which questions he's going to answer and which ones he's not. He's not under prosecution. He He can't declare the fifth. He can't go before a congressional committee and do what he said he was going to do and just not answer any questions. And at the same time, uh, the House Intel and Judiciary Committees are engaging in this uh, this street theater. You've got Elijah Cumming over the House Oversight Committee filing a lawsuit to get Trump's tax returns not from the time he was in office to determine whether he engaged in any sort of corruption. No, they want the law, the the tax returns for him personally and for his business going back for 10 years before he ran for president. A fishing expedition to try to get something, anything on Trump. Well, as long as we're looking into Trump's business dealings from way before he even came to office. How about we look at Nancy Pelosi's dealings while she was in office? Nancy Pelosi's been there for 20 years or more. She makes about $175,000 a year. If you added all that up and she didn't spend a dime, she would be worth about $5 million. She's worth almost $200 million. $200 million while she has been working for the government. What was it? Uh, Harry Truman said that the only people get rich working for government are crooks. 
and Nancy Pelosi and, and a whole bunch of others up there that have gotten rich selling influence and engaged in dirty dealing, insider dealing and trading. And they want to look at Trump's tax returns. Trump created hundreds of thousands of good-paying jobs, engaged in productive activity, built huge developments, engaged in productive commerce, not like Wall Street, not speculation, not chiseling other people out of a, a percentage of their, their prosperity, but they want to go after Trump's taxes. Unbelievable. So we've got this 4th of July extravaganza planned for the, uh, for the mall in Washington. And uh, Trump is going to make it a patriotic event, and he's going to highlight our military. And you would think that, um, that he was inviting the Red Army or the North Korean military to, uh, to, to march in Washington. Actually, the leftists would probably welcome that even more than the American military. But after, you know, being bogged down in these bullshit, I'm going to have to bleep that out. After uh, being bogged down in these, uh, these wars for going on two decades now, I think it's only appropriate that we give the military an opportunity to uh, be celebrated and showcased. And they're really very, very angry that uh, Trump is going to bring tanks onto the the mall. Now, you know, I'm I'm trying to figure figure out why tanks are s- still a thing. To tell you the truth, we've got such advanced missile technology, you know, guided missile technology that they just seem like sitting ducks to me. But I understand, you know, there's still a place for artillery on uh, uh, the battlefield. And I guess uh, tanks are, you know, rolling artillery. They seem like sitting ducks uh, as far as advancing to me. But the left are just up in arms that uh, that Donald Trump would dare to use the U.S. military in a 4th of July celebration. Irma Bongback, the great columnist. Had a- this is John Avalon on CBS News. Irma Bongback, the great columnist, had a quote once. She said, isn't it great that America is a country where we celebrate our independence, not with a show of military strength and tanks, but with family picnics? Until now. Until now. Until now. Until now. Trump's changing everything. We used to just do it with family picnics. Until now. Until now. That's the spirit, I think, that normally infuses our Independence Day celebrations. And the president is fulfilling, sort of scratching a long-term itch to have a military parade on the taxpayer. Well, yeah. Let's have a military parade on 4th of July. Absolutely. Let's celebrate the military. Doesn't mean we can't have picnics. Doesn't mean we can't celebrate the family. As a matter of fact, kids are going to be allowed to climb on those tanks. And they're going to be... tank operators there to uh to to help them with that and I, t- and I can tell you the kids will love that joe lockhart he was the press secretary for bill clinton he's against it too he he thinks uh that trump is hijacking the fourth of july because he's going to give a speech at the fourth of july parade 
America doesn't need to put military parades on. Countries like Russia and France, who are insecure about their power, need to demonstrate that strength in a way that we don't have to. People know we're the strongest uh, people, uh, country uh, militarily uh, in the world. Well, can we celebrate that? Would that be okay, Joe? And the rest of you leftists? Can we celebrate our military and the great job that they do and the sacrifices they make? Is that allowed? Can we have that? And on the on the the I mean, I'm I'm just personally outraged about the president hijacking the Fourth of July. It's for all people. I was really struck by the sound you played from the president and said, "I want people who love America to come to this event, but I'm only giving VIP tickets to Republicans." Oh please, yeah, he's not going to give VIP tickets to a bunch of leftist Democrats so they can come up there and criticize him. And he only wants people there that love their country. That means Antifa, stay away. You left-wing agitators, stay away. Code pink, you can go have a picnic. This is for American patriots. This is for people who love this country, not the Colin Kaepernick's of the world. It's for people like Eddie Gallagher that was acquitted of all charges except for one out there in that uh, that courtroom, that court martial in San Diego, California, sweet justice. Eddie Gallagher, the Navy SEAL, that had uh, the uh, Navy JAG officers try to uh, 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 convict him of murdering an ISIS fighter. He was too mean to the ISIS fighter. The jury wasn't going along with it. At one point, the corpsman that was there at the time Eddie Gallagher was supposed to have committed this murder said, Eddie Gallagher didn't commit the murder. This man was well on his way to dying, and I went ahead and cut his air supply off so we wouldn't turn him over to be tortured by the Iraqis. But I'll tell you the truth, I don't feel bad even a little bit for this ISIS fighter. I feel bad for Eddie Gallagher and his family that had our government send him into battle for his life on multiple tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. And then when he became a hardened, callous soldier, tried to turn around and hold him to a different standard. They wanted him to be a kindle. You'd let loose the dogs of war, and the dogs of war are going to run, my friend. And you can't sit back in your cushy desk stateside and second-guess these men. Now, yeah, if they committed multiple atrocities or they got, uh, you know, uh, really incurring serious war crimes against civilian populations, you got to maintain good order and discipline. But killing an ISIS fighter? No thanks. Good work, Eddie Gallagher. Well done, my friend. I'm glad he's been uh, acquitted, and I wish the people that uh, drug him through this ordeal would be held accountable as well. But we live in a backwards country, my friend. We live in a country where Colin Kaepernick the 
talentless former NFL quarterback can pick up the phone and have Nike cancel a special edition tennis shoe because it's got a an American flag on it. And if you ever thought that Colin Kaepernick kneeling during the national anthem was about Black Lives Matter, I hope you uh, you've got the the clouds lifted from your eyes now. It was never about Black Lives Matter. It was about hating America. He hates the flag. He hates America and everything it stands for. And Nike is being reported to have folded like a cheap suit, but I think they knew exactly what they're doing. This last campaign they engaged in where they they took this guy that's obviously anti-American and they made him the star of their advertising campaign. It worked. Because we've got these brainwashed millennials that are buying their products that are so indoctrinated in social justice that they uh, that has overcome their any sense of patriotism. And now they're they're calling back the distribution of this shoe that had the uh, the Betsy Ross flag on it. The Betsy Ross flag was the one that had thirteen stars in a circle on a blue field. They later added, added the seventy six in the middle of the circle, and that was the Bennington flag. Kaepernick's claiming that it has connotations of racism. There's no truth to it whatsoever. It's just an American flag. And everybody's saying that uh, that Nike is is um, being un-American. Well, you should have realized that by now. Nike's not an American company, if they ever were. They're an anti-American multinational corporation that engages in slave labor, kowtows to the communist regime in China. And I think that they're, uh, they're purposely insulting you and me in order to get all of this free airtime. They know that their target market is not going to be insulted by them and Colin Kaepernick disrespecting the flag. That's not their market niche. Their market niche is the uh, the hip-hop generation, a large uh, portion of which hates America, and those are the ones they're selling sneakers to. Got the Arizona governor, uh, Ducey, Ducey, who is uh, withdrawing some tax incentives that they had offered for Nike to come and build a plant in Goodyear, Arizona. Good for him. But no sooner had they done that than the news, the new uh, Mexico governor, Grisham, I think her name is, and Gavin Newsom out there in California stepped up and said, well, <laughs> if they don't want you because you're anti-American, you can come build your plant here because we're anti-American too. And if you're wearing any Nike tennis shoes or you're spending any money with this country, shame on you. Shame on you. Nike is a brand. Their products aren't any better than uh, Puma or uh, Asus. They're certainly not as good as New Balance that are built in America. (laughs) 
Nike sucks. They can go to hell. Going after an American uh, flag. So, uh, oh, Megan Rapinoe over there at the U.S. women's soccer team playing in the World Cup suffered her own version of the Trump curse. She's been out, uh, you know, saying she won't go to the White House even though she was never invited. And, uh, you know, trying to get on on the uh, bash Trump bandwagon. Well, she ended up pulling a hamstring and not being able to play in the semifinal match against England. And I haven't enjoyed an American match as much in this whole World Cup tournament. She wasn't missed one little bit. And Alex Morgan really showed out. She was fabulous with a beautiful header. The British girls uh, acquitted themselves quite well. But they uh, they missed a, a very important penalty kick. It was three penalty kicks in this World Tournament, World Cup tournament that they've missed. And Alex Morgan, and I think it was a, a young lady named White, carried the team to victory, a two-to-one victory over Great Britain. And uh, give me Alex Morgan over Megan Rapinoe every day. A little sexist aside here, I guess it's not too sexist. It's just an appreciation of beauty. Alex Morgan is gracing the cover issue of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, and she is a fabulous example of American beauty. Strong, lean, athletic, skilled, just fabulous on that uh, Sports Illustrated cover. So, uh, Megan Rapino, you can you can sit down. We don't need you. We don't need your girlfriend trying to agitate, saying the president hates Megan Rapino. The president wasn't even thinking about Megan Rapino. She's the one to pick the fight. But I hope uh, I hope she sits again for the finals. Not sure who they're playing yet, but I'm going to be watching it. Lee Iacocca died, 94 years old. Of course, he was the Ford. Uh, uh, executive that was brought in to rescue Chrysler Dodge and built that hideous K car. He was also the one that was responsible for the uh, the Ford Pinto and the uh, U joint that, when it was engaged in a rear end collision, would puncture the gas tank and cause a fire. Iacocca did the numbers on that uh, the lawsuits and determined it was cheaper to pay it off than to fix all of those Pintos. So I'm not going to miss Lee Iacocca. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition. I want to thank you for joining us, and I'll invite you back here again tomorrow on the Mojo Five O Radio Network for another edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. 
Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.